Hey, it's Ryan Man coming to you with the Broncos Country Blitz. And once again, we are doing our season review. Now the Super Bowl's over with and everything. So once again, I have Adam with Cromwell Sports with me. Say hello, Adam. Howdy, everybody. And we are here to talk about what we thought about the 2022 season, how it finished, some of the moves the Broncos have already made, what we think we're going to see going into the offseason and beginning of the 2023 process in terms of the draft, in terms of free agency. We still have some coaching hires to make. So let's start off with the 2022 season, Adam. You know, it was disappointing. It wasn't what anyone wanted. It was hard to watch at certain points. You and I watched several games together, and it became comical at certain points. Uh, I, I think of the Colts game we watched together where we were kind of just looking at each other like we just want it to end. I don't really care who wins at this <laughs> point. We just want it to end. Oh, that's kind of what I knew that our season was done. Oh, yeah, that was bad. And, and the Broncos, at least they made – they made moves just too late in the year. They got rid of Nathaniel Hackett. I know it's tough to hire a coach, get rid of him on a less than one year offering what he can do. But he gets he gets axed towards the end of the year. Jerry Roseburg takes over, and the Broncos played better their final two games. And maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. Russell Wilson had his best game of the year, saved the best for last, that final game of the season. And he looked like the Russ we thought we were getting, in my opinion. What did you think? Yeah, week 18 versus the uh, Chargers, he looked pretty good. And also, I mean, week 17 against the Chiefs, he was looking all right, too. And then uh, I believe he had to go out with an injury. Well, and there was the game at home against the Chiefs where he got the concussion with Nathaniel Hackett, still the coach, that he played pretty well. Yeah. So flashes flashes happened before Hackett got fired. But then after Hackett got fired, it's almost like we'll never know the whole story, but it's almost like Jerry Roseburg went to him and said, okay, what are some plays you're comfortable with? And and we started seeing the rust that we thought we were going to get. And the interesting thing I've heard since we'll get into, of course, our, the hiring of Sean Payton and everything. But the thing I've heard is that one of the first things Russ was told once Nathaniel Hackett was gone, because apparently one of his directives was beef up. And the directive after he was gone was, no, you need to trim up so you're faster again. So. Hmm, that'd be pretty interesting. I guess I never really had thought about that and how much his body could change week to week. I understand they're finely tuned athletes, but yeah, if his directive was to get bigger and stronger and not be so quick and nimble, that would explain some of the things that we saw, uh, you know, when he was being chased down from behind when he turns his back on the defense and, and starts running. Yeah. Interesting. So what do you think, Adam, was the biggest problem with the Broncos in 2022? Well, that's a good question. At first, I wasn't sure that it was Hackett. Watching those games, you know, uh, first week against Seattle came out, did okay, right? Uh, We only scored, what, 16 points, I think it was. Something around Uh, that, yep. Yep, and we lost just a nail-biter. So – you know, at, at that point, it was like, okay, not quite the start that we wanted, uh, but it didn't look too bad. Um, week two got the win. Week three, a low-scoring win against San Francisco. But come week four, when we got blown out by the Raiders, uh, started looking bad. And then another low-scoring game, week five with Indianapolis. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. We were so hyped on Russell Wilson, yet he comes out and he looks like he's playing worse than uh, Geno Smith. And that was a surprise. So I didn't think that it was Hackett at that point. I really put the blame on Wilson. But sure seems like I was wrong. Uh, Hackett was a problem. And I think that kind of sums up the season. They just didn't have the right people in the right places. You know, and I'll go to the Hackett comment that you made. I think his biggest problem, and you heard it more and more, and then after he got released, you heard it even more after that. He was more interested in being everybody's buddy than being kind of the disciplinary coach. Hey, the buck stops here. We're going to go ahead and do things a certain way. We're going to have a certain culture. And I really think he he didn't try to build that. And I think another problem is is he didn't try to bring any veteran leadership on in on the coaching staff. 
So here's all these young coaches together, a lot of first-time coaches, and we have a head coach that doesn't want to really establish his own culture, and this is going to be our identity, and really just kind of went by the seat of his pants. That, that's what it felt like to me. And like you said, there were points last year, anyone that listens to this podcast, that you, we, were, we were just upset from the standpoint of, yeah, it wasn't the Russell Wilson we, were, we thought we were getting. But then I started watching a lot of the replays, and I'm going, there's nobody open. I, the defense knows what's coming. I don't care if you're Russell Wilson. I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes. I don't care who you are. If you if you snap the ball and literally the scheme is so vanilla that everybody's covered, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, agreed with you 100% on there. If nobody's open and nobody's creating space or has the ability to create space just due to the play design, there's nothing you can do because you cannot hold on to the ball longer than about two seconds. Well, I mean, with our offensive line this year, that was a major disappointment. Literally, you're right. We Russell Wilson couldn't hold on to the ball more than two seconds. Our offensive line was supposed to be a strength. It was not. It was pretty bad. Bulls regressed, I would say, before he got injured, for sure. And Cushenberry, before he got injured, wasn't looking that great. I'm going to call it right now. Garrett Bowles is safe on that offensive line. I think every other position's up for grabs this offseason. Yep, it sure is. One thing with Bowles is he does well with coaches who are going to hold him accountable. And this year, you're right with the with what you said earlier about Hackett trying to be everybody's friend. I feel like we've kind of been missing out on coaches who are actually tough. We've been getting in the last few coaches who do want to be PC. And while I agree to that at some point, you also have to treat men like men and let them do what it is that they need to do on the field. There hasn't really been that toughness with our offense for the last three or four seasons. Very true. And I think the troubles this last season trickled down offense, defense, special teams, Brandon McManus has been a pretty solid kicker for the Broncos, but he, if we keep him next season, he's going to have to win me back because I even felt he was checked out and it's, and he has one job, put the ball through the uprights. And he seems so <laughs> damn checked out at certain points. I'm like, Oh, come on. Like points are in a preview of it. You're just sitting there lollygagging. I, I thought on a few kicks, it looks like he didn't even try to follow through. And then he's shocked it got blocked or, or it went you know wide right or something like that. And, and he, you could even tell it on the special teams. It was just driving me nuts. It's, it's almost like, I don't know whether the players knew the situation they were in, but they had to be you know political about it in terms of NFL politics and be nice in front of the cameras or what. It, and you have gotten a little indication of that. And ever since Nathaniel Hackett left and the season wrapped up, there's been little trickles of different players kind of coming out and saying, well, you know, this was, this was an issue all year. There were a couple coaches, uh, players have alluded. There were a couple coaches that were almost laughable during the season in terms of what they, they, the players pretty much indicated they knew more than what the coaches were telling them. But oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, yeah. That was the hard part though. I mean, don't you read, did you see that as well? That it, it just, it trickled everywhere. It wasn't just one spot. It was, it was a, a damn disaster across the board. It really was. Uh, yes. McManus was definitely checked out. He didn't even look like he wanted to be suited up for him on most of the plays. Whenever you see him on camera and on TV, no. he just had those dead eyes looking around. You know, we need to bring in uh, Rodrigo Blankenship because he go. has two jobs in the NFL. One of them is to get girls and the other is to kick the ever living stuffing out of that ball. There you go. that's the pc version right there that's my best nathaniel hackett very nice very nice (laughs) so well the other thing i think we need to remember i think a lot of people forget this i don't think it would have made a lot of a difference last year we had we had the most injuries in the nfl cap number in terms of injuries we were well above every other team now i think maybe that's why hackett got so many games before he was released but we started the season without tim patrick who was going to be our main possession receiver who can play every wide receiver position on the field, line up in any position. He got injured. He was out. And then we lose Javante Williams, not too far into the year Mm -hmm. and and thus resulted in the debacle that was Melvin Gordon. 
and, and just fumbling the ball over the place. So we also, on top of it, unfortunately, I think we had some bad luck. I, uh, we, we'll get more into our, who our coaches, obviously going into the new season, but we're going to have a new conditioning coach. We're, we're kind of resetting everything there as well. But, but the Broncos have been one of the most injured teams for several years now, and, and it's just something – it could just be bad luck. It could be conditioning. Could be coaching. But last year was just incredible. It, it every week it was something different. I am with you on that one too. I wonder if not playing the preseason games had anything to do with it. Can't necessarily. Mm. I you know I can't pin not playing preseason on the injuries that we had. But at the same time, it feels like you should be ready to go and tuned up on week one. And I feel like they didn't do that. I mean, there was so much hype surrounding the team coming into the season. Maybe they got a little comfortable. Maybe they just thought they were going to roll over everybody and didn't take the strength and conditioning seriously. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm glad you brought up the preseason. I thought that was an issue when the season started, especially because so many new pieces, you bring Russell Wilson in. And then Nathaniel Hackett goes, oh, they don't have to play in the preseason. These are pros. And it's like, yeah, but these are a bunch of pros that haven't really played together. And that's right. great. That's great. They had the wonderful offseason with all the hype photos and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the hype obviously didn't result in anything on the field. And and that that was just the crazy part to me is, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, for example, they played Josh Allen in the preseason. A lot, a lot of teams – play their starters at least one drive at some point during the preseason. And here it is a new coach, new quarterback, new scheme. And the, the head coach, another example why Hackett's not here anymore. Oh yeah, no, we got this. We don't need to do anything in the preseason. It, it looks like a absolute mistake looking back. Agreed. It seems like there was no chemistry, no chemistry on the field that I could really tell, especially in those first few weeks. Yeah. And the other part, too, is you have to say players underperform. I, I think the last couple of weeks, to your point, when Russell Wilson started playing a little better, we saw a glimpse of it in that Chiefs game where Russell Wilson went out, went out with a concussion uh, before Hackett was fired. But we even finally got to see that Jerry Judy looks like he may be the number one receiver. We got a glimpse of that towards the end of the year. The chemistry, chemistry started being built towards the end of this last season, albeit too late. But there's some bright spots, I think, going into next year once everything kind of got reset when Jerry Roseberg said, okay, we're going to go back to basics and this is what we're going to do. So at least as bad as the year was to kind of swallow, there was a little bit of a sigh of relief. I don't know if that's the way to put it, a breath of fresh air, something at the end of the year that you're like, okay, anybody coming in to take this over, hopefully that's enough film to go, okay, the, the talent's here, the people are here, we have enough talent on the roster. We just need the right person to put it together. Yeah. Agreed 100% on there. I mean, we took a beating against the Rams late in the season. Uh, you know, I think you were quoted as saying it was a 50 burger. <laughs> 50 burger. And that was the game that I looked and went, the players gave up on Hackett on, on Christmas Day out of all things. Like that, that's, that's just how it felt. That's how it looked. They just, they weren't there. They, they were not there mentally. No, they were not. That was, uh, that was definitely the, that was the turning point. It really was because the next week coming out against Kansas city, I mean, looking back here, I, I pulled up the schedule just so I could refresh my memory, but losing that game at Kansas city, 24, 27, you know, if Russ, if Russ doesn't go out with a concussion, that could be a different story. They got their butts kicked by the Rams, came out firing against Kansas City the next week. And honestly, if if Russ doesn't go down with that concussion, they might win that game and and really get some momentum rolling into this offseason. Uh, you know, 31 points in the in week 18 against the Chargers. That was their best scoring output all year by by at least three points and some even even more, you know, when we lost week five to Indianapolis, they scored nine points. Mm -hmm. So going from nine all the way up to that, uh, all the way up to 31, 
you know, that's a, that's a huge change. That's a big deal with, with a lot of good positives rolling into the off season. And Judy looked tough. I mean, he had a couple games with multiple touchdowns, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yes, he did. Absolutely. He had, I mean, what was it? Was it two touchdowns to finish out the year? I believe. I think so. Chargers two or three. And, and he caught the deep pass. He was kind of going all over the field, looking like a true number one. And it was it was nice to finally see because he was frustrated the majority of the year. You could see it. I mean, it, yep. he wasn't the only one. K.J. Hamler was frustrated. Uh, I'm trying to think which game that was, the one where the Broncos had the chance to win it at the end and Russ missed him on the slant. And I'm Ooh. Trying, um... trying to remember what game that was. Might that have been the Ravens game? Week that, thirteen, it looks like with Ravens. That might have been it. That might that might have been. That might have been the one, the Ravens game. God, I, I thought it was one at home though. Hmm. That they ended up missing that. Anyways, but whatever game it is, I'm not recalling which one it is right now. But I mean, that obviously there was a lot of frustration with the wide receivers from what they were seeing and everything as well. And and I think part of it. You looked at it, you thought it was Russ at the time as well, but I think a lot of it was just there was just such a such a lack of of, of of cohesion and just such a lack of consistency in terms of identity on offense. There's an old saying, if you go back and look at a lot of replays and a lot of uh, different offensive plays, just pick them at random from teams, quarterbacks miss receivers on every play. It's the idea that because of the scheme, they're going to find another receiver that's wide open or there's a place they're supposed to go. And I think that's part of what Russell's struggle was, is that he just didn't have that. Yeah. And then you get to see in the Super Bowl yesterday, Mahomes throwing two touchdowns real easy to mostly wide open guys at the in the red zone. And they just knew where each other was supposed to be. They knew the timing. They knew the route. They knew that nobody was going to be there. And he let it rip really quick. And Very true. Yeah, Very the true. the Broncos just did not have that this year. They were missing guys. I laugh when I hear that Russ was calling audibles from Seattle, but yeah. Yeah. I also don't think that that's really his. I don't think that's his problem. You know, I think uh, I think he was scrambling in a scheme that he didn't really know, but it might have just been an idiotic scheme from the get go. Well, and it might have helped to play in the preseason and get those get those audibles down. Yeah, practice <laughs> speed is a lot different than game speed. <laughs> might have just helped a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about. Obviously, we've kind of ripped apart the 2022 regular season. Obviously, it wasn't anyone, anything that anyone wanted. At least we were able to kick off the the first part of 2023, closing out that season with a win. But uh, let's go into let's try to finish it on a positive talking about last year. Then we'll kind of get into what happened in the Super Bowl or our new head coach, all that. I, I will say PS2 Patrick Sertain was a bright spot, a big bright spot for the Broncos. I think the other one was Baron Browning came on and Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton inside linebacker. Now I don't know if Singleton will be back, but those I think were really some of the biggest bright spots for the Broncos this year. Yeah, absolutely enjoyed watching that defense play. They were fantastic. Jewel and Singleton, they were all over the field, everywhere. Sertan is just, he's hes pretty insane uh, watching him go and just hearing how, how high all the announcers and everybody is on him. He seems like a, a great guy and a, and a really good player. Um, Simmons did well. I mean, they were just... That's true. Simmons as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun watching them. They just got way too darn tired, I'm sure, and probably started giving up a little bit as well. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And one thing I didn't mind, the one move I did not mind George Payton making during the season is shipping Chubb to Miami for a first-round pick. I, I, I didn't see us bringing back Bradley Chubb. I didn't. He had a few good moments. I didn't think he had enough to justify us bringing him back. He had been oft injured, uh, as we, of course, had seen. 
And that actually I thought was a bright spot because after we gave everything up for Russell Wilson and didn't have much draft capital, I thought that was a smart move by him. A lot of people are like, oh, well, he's giving up this and that. No, 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 no. You're, you're making sure you have edge rushers on the team. You're getting compensation for one you're pretty sure you weren't going to bring back. So, I, so oddly enough, I thought that was a bright spot. Yeah, smart move. Uh, watching some of the Miami games, seemed like he really disappeared. He didn't really do a whole lot, I didn't think, after yeah. the trade. I mean, I, it, was, it was a good call. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And now we go. We'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. God, I really don't want to. Um, <laughs> the F and Kansas City Chiefs winning the championship. And, and everyone out there can think what they th- want to think. This is obviously a Broncos podcast, so I don't think we're going to get ridiculed for what I'm about to say. But I'm sorry. Yeah, the Chiefs won. It's not decided by one play. I cannot believe they called that pass interference at the end of the game on the Eagles after they basically let them play the entire freaking game. But the refs step in and help decide the game. And and I'm not saying the Chiefs weren't going to win because even if the Chiefs kick their field goal there. The Eagles were still going to have to drive the field and get a, get a score for the win. And the Eagles weren't doing as much in the second half as the first half. But that was gut-wrenching to watch. So let's remember, the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl before this, the world shut down a month later and we were in a pandemic. So, you know, I, I just thought that was a, that was a just, just a hint to everybody. You don't want the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, the writers of the NFL thought it was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you know, there's all this talk about the NFL being scripted and stuff, and you and I always talk about there's no chance with the, what the athletes have to do and the catches they have to make and everything like that. But you see the game yesterday, and it's like, wow. I mean – certain calls that were called certain ones that weren't called. And, and I'm, just, I'm just watching going, God, it really feels like they're trying to bring it home to Kansas city. And I think you said, we watched the game together. You said something to that effect too. I, I can't remember what, what exactly you said, but yeah, you, you made a comment about that. Yep. It was the fixes in the fixes in. Yes. And, and that was gut wrenching to watch. I, I, our new coach, obviously we're going to get into that in a minute, Sean Payton. Mr. B, Pat Bolin, made a comment years ago. You don't wish any of your division rivals any Super Bowl success. Sean Payton, upon being hired, said pretty much the same thing. And and I have always agreed with that. Like, if it's not the Broncos representing the AFC West, I could care less if the other team has any success. I want to see see them knocked out as soon as possible. So it's even worse when they get to the Super Bowl and they win. It just... It's almost like that final slap in the face on the season. Yep, a little bit of salt in the wounds there. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, watching so, – oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I don't necessarily know if the referees can give somebody the game, but I sure think they can influence the momentum. Yes. In the first half, they were letting everything go, letting it go. And I think if you call those things consistently – Nobody can argue with you, but at a crucial point in the game, you can't make those calls. Then it really, really does influence the momentum and can take some of the control out of the player's hands. I think it was just a a bad call and it was there. I mean, it happened. So it was a penalty. I just think it was a little bit weak. Yeah, me too. I thought based on, some other things we had seen and made comments during the game, like why isn't that a flag? Why isn't that a flag where you can see just blatant holds? You know, he basically skids the other guy's jersey and they end up pulling the flag out. You really, the the first thought you got was really, now you're going to call that? Right. Yeah. And like we said, Chiefs might have still won it. I mean, the Eagles obviously came out in the second half, blew a 10-point lead. And like like we talked, I think we mentioned a little earlier, the Chiefs down at the goal line, they, they figured out that the Eagles weren't picking up receivers in motion, and they, and they started just nailing them on that left and right, and the Eagles had no answers for it. And, and I wonder if uh, going into the Super Bowl, some people said uh, the Eagles were the favorites, but some people said, well, if you look at who they played throughout the year, they never really had to play someone that would that challenge them in terms of the mental game 
of the NFL. And, and I think that might be what came through in the second half. Yeah, and Andy Reid, of course, is going to make any second-half adjustments. He's one of the best, unfortunately. Uh, I hate to say that, but he really is. He's one of the best. He made the adjustments, and they got it done. They handled it. Yeah, that's hard to listen to. I threw up in my mouth a little bit, but I'm back. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you're back at least. <laughs> oh, boy. There we go. It came again. I'm all right, though. I'm all right. Let's, 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 let's move forward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but at least now we can say that season's over with. We can turn the page. Obviously, we all know who the Broncos brought in as their head coach, Sean Payton. And I know you had some reservations about it, and we'll get into that in a minute. But the one thing with Sean Payton, I think he's going to bring consistency. He's going to get the most out of Russell Wilson. I think it's going to be a good, a good match between those two. Obviously, Drew Brees came out after the Broncos hired Sean Payton and said, you're going to see a version of Russell Wilson that you expected to see and then some. And I think he's going to be able to go head-to-head with Andy Reid in terms of creative offense. The only thing I worry about with Sean Payton is really his downfall in New Orleans. Uh, Obviously, then probably a little bit of mental fatigue from being with the team so long and having to take a break. I think the other thing was, the Saints weren't really known to have a great defense, an elite defense in a, in a majority of the years he was there. And we have good players on defense. That That is my main concern going into this offseason of who he's going to bring in as defense coordinator and how we're going to keep that defense at an elite level. Uh, obviously, Averro Jero, we know that he moved on to Carolina, and I'm curious to see who's go- who he's going to bring in. Surely he's got some guys who he's ready to work with. I couldn't tell you who they're going to be. I I don't know. I think that this is kind of a – I think it's kind of a grab for headlines for the Broncos. I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that Sean Payton can come in and really fix the issues that we see and that have been popping up. But, man, oh, man, I'm I'm skeptical on this one. Well, and I think that some of the moves he makes this offseason will tell us a lot. Obviously, we know we have some issues in the draft in terms of majority of picks this year and everything. Um, and let's let's be honest. Our offensive and defensive line, we either need to re- re-sign certain players and we need to upgrade both front lines. That was a big problem this year. And a majority, I think, of our cap space is going to have to go to that. And I, I look forward to seeing what he's going to do with that. I, I think I think skill set-wise, if Tim Patrick comes back healthy, Javante Williams, uh, we'll see who he ends up bringing back at running back. Other than that, we'll see if he brings back Murray, for example. And I think there's enough talent there that he should be able to get the most out of our offensive pieces and, and – and create a create a good offensive scheme, but but that's what I'm waiting to see is what what are you going to do on both lines to get pressure on the opposing quarterback, and what are you going to do on the offensive line to get it corrected? Because you know what, if, like you said, if Russell Wilson doesn't have more than two seconds of play, it, it it's not going to matter. It sure isn't. And um, I just went ahead and did a quick Google search to see what's going on with Sean Payton. And I see a little article here from Broncos Wire that Sean Payton is teasing a potential recruitment of Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Yep, I saw. I saw that. That's that's pretty interesting. And the other thing that I find kind of interesting about that is he worked with him during the Fox, you know, pregame show, I believe it was, and, and during the season. So if anyone could lure him out of retirement, I think it would be Sean Payton. And the other thing I think it's interesting about Sean Payton, so he had to pull double duty. He still was on the Fox pregame for the Super Bowl here uh, just yesterday. And I wonder I wonder how that feels to him. He, he sat there and watched a division rival, now a division rival of his, win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, I wonder what he took from it. Like, you take more from a loss or you take more from a hard situation than you do from success sometimes. And I wonder 
of him being there, he was able to kind of take some of that in and go, wow, okay, this is the job ahead of me. This is what I'm having to stop. I'm seeing it firsthand. And this is the goal is to get over the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, he might have been analyzing everything during that game while he's watching it. Absolutely. And I think we're going to see a lot of ex-Saints personnel come in. Uh, like I said, I think Murray, Latavius Murray, he had a good season after we lost Javante Williams. We eventually brought him in. He was impressive. He's an ex-Saint. I, I could see him coming back. He's already commented in the media he wants to come back. I, I would like to see him come back. I think he could have a good role with the Broncos. And I really want to see Sean Payton figure out our tight end room. I think we've got talent there. I, I've made it no secret that I don't. I don't really think it was a big deal we got rid of Fant. I thought he had underperformed. I thought he was a bust. He had an okay season with the Seahawks, but I didn't really see him grabbing a ton of headlines. But Dolcich looks like the real deal. Yes. Albert, Albert O, when he got back on the field after Hackett got fired, you kind of went, okay, well, he looks the same that he did, you know, as he did last season when he got on the field. So why is it he was benched for so many games? What, what is his coaching staff thought? Now I know part of it's his blocking, but he he has he he had as a diversity to him where he can line up a wide receiver as well, uh, or line up an obviously obvious passing situation. So I I'm curious to see what he's going to do with the tight end room. Uh, the the other one, I think Andrew Beck is a great utility player. I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing if he's going to bring him back or not. But but I know the offense is going to look different in certain areas. That's for sure. Absolutely, Murray brings some toughness little bit of grit to the to the Broncos backfield and yes I think he should come back I'm kind of surprised that he didn't have a spot on any roster before the beginning of the year you know outside of practice teams of course so I hope Murray comes back put him alongside of the dude that we picked up from the Dolphins what was his name again oh man I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to recall he came in so late in the year <laughs> right is. He didn't have a lot, but Chase when he Edmonds, was in there, Chase Edmonds. There we go. There we go. Yep. He looked good when he was in there. So yes. I hope that he comes back, and then hopefully Williams is nice and healthy going into the start of next year. So that's a pretty good core there. Uh, you're right. Tight ends. Alberto looked good. It was questionable why he was not on the roster and why he wasn't getting any touches or any playing time. Uh, he he looked good towards the end of the year. If Gronk comes over to the Broncos, that could be problem solved. Could be, could be, and oh. and, you, and you never know. He's just got he, Gronk's got that raw talent where he he can go out and party for months, go in and get himself trained up in a month. And he, I mean, we saw it with the Bucks. He he comes in, really hadn't done much in the off season, and he just goes to town for. Brady and the Bucks on their Super Bowl run. So, yes, he's Absolutely. a couple of years older, but you know you could see him coming in and doing the same thing. Oh, well, we definitely need somebody to come back. Kelsey on the other end, you know, Travis Kelsey is getting all kinds of catches, and Very true. we can do the same thing. And a guy like Gronkowski would definitely pull it in. Super Bowl winner, all that good stuff. But if that doesn't happen, which I would say it's probably a long shot at this point. But if not, Dulcich was looking great outside of the injury that he that he had early on. I mean, he really came in and was was doing well. He was fun to watch. He was, and and it goes back to that conditioning program and how we're getting that reset. I mean, he had that hamstring that bothered him the majority of the year, and if he would have been healthy, the offense opened up every time he was in the lineup. And sure you're did. right. You're right. He, I think the sky's the limit for him, and let's hope Sean Payton sees the same thing out of out of him and, and realizes, hey, you know what? If if this recruiting Gronk and, and having fun and doing that isn't going to do anything, Dulcich could be the next version of a Gronkowski. Obviously, not quite as big, but but I think he's got more versatility to him. And, and let's see how Sean Payton can utilize him. Yes, a hey, uh, another. Another little article just popped up that Rex Ryan was interviewed for a defensive coordinator. Yeah, and I, you know what, how you said sometimes <laughs> it's a little bit of flash. I don't know if I like that. I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say right off, 
maybe it's because I've had to listen to him on ESPN for the last couple of years on, you know, talking every morning and giving his expert or I call it non-expert opinion. Cause he just, some of the stuff he said just drove me nuts. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want that guy calling the defense. Plus he's been out of football for a few years. I, I, it's interesting. Cause I heard a couple people say, well, Rex Ryan, you bring in, maybe you're not going to have the top 10 defense every year, but his, his big claim to fame is when you need a stop in the fourth quarter, he finds a scheme that'll get it done. But I, I don't know what the players we have. It's like, do we, is that really what we need? <laughs> I think it'll be a circus <laughs> if he does come. <laughs> oh, man. I, he'll make it fun. That's for sure. He'll make it fun. Yeah, that's very, very true. It'll, it'll be, be great, regardless of – Regardless of who they bring in, you know, I said at the beginning of the season, the Broncos were a 10 win team and I still hold tight to that. They should have, should have, could have, would have, of course, but there were many games in there that they could have come out on the other end and been a 10 win playoff bound team. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, all they had to do, there's that statistic out there. If they would have scored, God, what was it? Six more points a game or something. We would have had a, 10 and seven mark something yeah. like that i mean it was it was that it was really just the lack of offense that cost us likely a wild card spot this last year so and it's the whole thing the nfl wins or wins and coulda shoulda woulda doesn't really mean a lot at the end of the day but it's hard to ignore that and go well we we were that close and that many games and really looking back at the scores like we were talking about earlier i mean Losing to the Titans, 17 to 10. Losing to the Jets, 16 to 9. Losing to the Ravens, 10 to 9. You look at a lot of the scores, even the wins, beating the Niners, 11 to 10, the Texans, 16 to 9. How how that would have looked just differently if we just would have had a little more offense, a little more creativity in the scheme. And so so it gives you that hope that, okay, we're not that far off. I, I know. We said that before we brought Russell Wilson in. We were just a quarterback <laughs> away. So, so let's not let's not give another excuse for next year. I think I think one thing about Sean Payton coming in, regardless of how your feelings are about him coming in, the excuses are going away. Yes, he's not going to allow that. And and let's talk about it real quick too on the offensive side. One thing that I think is going to be interesting for me, anyways, and, and I, I don't know how you feel about it. I want to see some of these utility players that had big moments at certain points during the season. And I'm talking about the Kendall Hintons of the world. I'm talking yeah. about the Montreal Washingtons. What is how I can't wait to see what he thinks of these certain players. And if they have a spot moving forward on the Broncos, Kendall Hinton, obviously we know his story played quarterback for us during the COVID year against the saints. We kept them around. And he's turned out to be a pretty good utility-wide receiver. And, and I, I don't know if he's got a place in Sean Payton's scheme, but I thought he showed enough last year that he was, he was another one of those utility bright spots. I like Kendall Hinton. I really was hoping to see him more on the field this year. It seems like when he came in, he provided a little spark. It wasn't the biggest, but he made some things happen when the other guys weren't. Sutton wouldn't get open and – and then they'd go out to Hinton, and he'd pick up a first down. I really, really like Kendall Hinton. I think, uh, again, I think he should have been on the field more. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see who fits in the Sean Payton scheme mo- moving forward. I-, I think the other thing, too, on defense, we've got some serious deci- decisions to make. Draymond Jones, uh, obviously we're going to have to – try and re-sign him. I think he's going to be a big piece of the Broncos defense. It's it's question now if he wants to return. And I think one thing that Sean Payton's going to have to filter out is who wants to be here. Yes. Like I think PS2, Justin Simmons, obviously Russell Wilson. You know certain players are in it for the long haul. But I think now we have to figure out which players – or just don't belong here. And, and like you said, it goes back to the excuses we made every year. Well, we're quarterback away. Will this happen? Well, the injuries. And you heard when Jerry Roseburg took over, there were a lot of players complaining about how intense the practices got and stuff like that. 
those are the players you got to filter out this offseason because those are the ones that bought into the excuses and didn't just do their job, so to speak. And I think I, I could see a couple surprise names not being on the Broncos this next year once they get filtered out to, oh, well, you know, you're, you're more into this excuse or this piece of hype than you are just putting the work in that we need put in on a daily basis. Sure. And if they can identify those players and get rid of them, good riddance. Good exactly. Riddance. I mean, I don't want to hear stories about the offensive line doing high knees on the plane on the way to London. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's a little ridiculous. But also, I don't want to hear stories about people being out too late and getting DUIs and not being able to play the next game or engaging in some domestic violence, and now all of a sudden they are suspended for the season. Like, get rid of those guys, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't want to see that, that's for sure. Well, we've always, the Broncos, even their Super Bowl teams, we've always had the diamonds in the rough, the players that we found that are, are, are in it for the right reasons and belong as part of Broncos country. I think back to their first couple Super Bowl victories, Mark Schlereth, you know, kind of kind of cast off from, from Washington at the time. You know, a lot of people didn't think he had much football left in him. He ended up being the anchor of our offensive line or one of the anchors of our offensive line. I think back to Super Bowl 50, you know, C.J. Anderson coming in and playing running back. He, he wasn't thought to be much, and, and we ended up getting the most out of him, and he ended up being a pretty good running back for us for, for a few years there. And the, it's those are the players I look forward to kind of figuring out, and that's what I think was missing in with Vic Fangio when he came in. It, a little bit and obviously with Nathaniel Hackett you didn't really have those identifiable players of hey these these are the core players they may not get the headlines but these are the core players of the Denver Broncos and I look forward to hopefully with Sean Payton coming in maybe getting back to a little bit of that mentality yeah I think he brings a winning attitude at the very least versus a lot of these other guys who don't have enough experience or at least didn't have enough experience to know what it takes to get the most out of every single player. Now you said you're skeptical about Sean Payton. So I'm going to let you go into that for a minute. And then I'll kind of answer how I feel about Sean Payton overall uh, before we wrap it up. But why tell, tell us Adam, why are you so skeptical about Sean Payton coming in and being able to create lightning in a bottle again? You know, maybe, maybe I'm just too soft. I'll probably get beat up on the internet for it. But the whole <laughs> freaking targeting and, and uh, the whole, uh, oh, God, what was it called now? Why am I blanking on this at the most important time to remember the name? Uh, but the, the targeting scandal that they had in New mm-hmm. Orleans. Yeah. Uh, I just, I or got I, suspended I, for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate seeing, I really hate seeing cheaters win. You know, and I know that that he has some plausible deniability in there where, oh, I wasn't sure if this was going on or this or that. But he was sanctioning hits on on, uh, you know, he was sanctioning hits to try and create injuries. As we sit here and we keep watching these games, the NFL is coming down and safety is a huge part of it. Right. Right. And I just don't like the dirty play. And, and quite honestly, I'm not sure that I would like a franchise as storied as the Broncos to really be associated and caught up in something like that. I think it leaves a black eye on the team and on the legacy of the people involved. So that's why I'm skeptical there. I mean, sure, gotcha. you need to be gotcha. tough in order to play, but I don't think that you need to intentionally hurt anybody unless you're twisting Mahomes' ankle on third down and 13 in the Super Bowl. I really think you should have probably done that if you're the Eagles, cough, cough. But (laughs) (laughs) for the most part, I don't want to see anybody intentionally injured, and I don't want to see players playing dirty just to go ahead and win. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's a a good thing to do, and I don't want the Broncos to be that team. So that's why I'm skeptical there. That makes sense. That makes sense, and those are all valid points for sure. It. Uh, you, you know, I, I think I've mentioned Andy Reid. Speaking of coaches, you know, he's he's brought in some questionable players. He brought in Michael Vick after the whole dog fighting scheme and gave him another chance. And and it's and it's interesting that you bring that up because Sean Payton has those marks on his resume 
And then here we have another coach in our division that has equal marks in terms of, you know, everyone deserves a second chance here and there. I, I, I kind of hesitate when I just use Michael Vick's situation. And I know there's been a couple others in terms of players she's brought in. There's a difference between a person getting a second chance and going, hey, we're going to bring you back, pay you millions of dollars again to play the game of football. And basically it's going to be like you just got off scot-free. And, yep. and, and Andy Reid's been guilty of that several times in his career. Uh, I think he's put, uh, I think he's put winning ahead of, uh, how shall I put it, uh, winning ahead of uh, morality at certain times yep. in terms of some of the players he's brought in. So, so I get what you're saying about Sean Payton as well and, and the marks that he has in the past and everything. And it, it almost feels a little bit like, well, the Chiefs kind of kind of looked the other way when it came to a lot of that stuff. So to beat the Chiefs, it's almost like we have to do the same thing. And that's unfortunate if, if there's any thought process in terms of that. But it, it, it is. It, for people, like you said, that, that kind of remember that stuff and everything, it is kind of hard to to kind of, you know, forget that that stuff occurred, the targeting and everything. Um, and at, and at the same time, kind of, kind of taking that similar road to, well, yeah, you know, but we're going to go ahead and just, that was a long time ago. We're just going to go ahead and move forward because we need to find a way to get this thing turned around. And, uh, and plus that, I think it could create, you know, I know a lot of people that don't like the chiefs, not, not, not because of Patrick Mahomes. He, you know, he's a, he's an amazing quarterback, but I know a lot of people that don't like the chiefs because of Andy Reid and because of his background. And who knows that that could shy some people away from Broncos country, just knowing the past on the Sean Payton thing. So I think you have a good point there. It could at the same time. I mean, you got to argue though. The man is tough. He's going to bring, <laughs> he's going to bring that edge uh, that the Broncos have been missing. Yep. Nathaniel Hackett going out there saying, well, you know, the buck, the buck stops with me. I need to be better and going out there. Uh, I think that, Peyton will probably light up some of the players. If you missed an assignment or you missed this or you missed that, I think he's going to let everybody know how he feels about it. So that's Mm going to be pretty amazing. However, yeah, if he, if it comes out that he's doing the bounty gate and all that stuff again, I just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be upset about that. I mean, of course I will still continue to be a fan of, of the franchise, but I would hope that the franchise would deal with that really quickly and effectively. It's that old saying, I may be angry, but it doesn't mean I don't still care. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I'm going to champagne. I think I was a little more excited about it. I had my reservations as well. Uh, part, part of it was that and for me, I think it was a little more in the rearview mirror and there's been so many things in the NFL that, have kind of been questionable here and there. I kind of got lost in the wash, maybe a little more for me. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. I, I think the biggest thing for me was the draft compensation. I'm like, I, we already gave up a lot for Russell Wilson. I don't want to give up the farm for Sean Payton. If that's what we have to do, uh, I'm going to give Greg Penner and George Payton a little bit of credit here. I, I think they really played poker with the saints in terms of compensation and, and kind of showed their hand and went, Hey, if you're not going to come down on your asking price, we're going to go somewhere else. And they tried to go back and get Jim Harbaugh again. And, and, and um, DeMarco Ryan's from the, from the 49ers. And, and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Sean Payton wasn't their first choice. I don't know. I, I think he was up there in terms of their top choice. But I, I think just looking at it, I think that was the Broncos' biggest thing too is, hey, we don't want to have to get rid of all of our draft cap to get him because we're not going to have anything left to build anything anyways. And so once the asking price came down to what the Broncos were able to get him for basically giving up that low first round pick, which really, I think with a lot of the talent in the draft this year really feels more like a second round pick anyways. And then actually getting a pick back from the saints, I believe it was the third round. Once it came down to that, I felt a lot better about it. I was like, okay, now we're not giving up everything. We're still going to have some draft, uh, you know, capital that we can use in these first couple of years with Sean Payton and everything. And it felt a lot better, a lot more doable to me. Uh, plus that he's, he's found diamond in the roughs. He's found utility players 
that work well in his scheme. And that's when it felt better to me. I'm like, okay, this feels good. And the one thing I think he's going to bring back to the Broncos is old saying, do your job. And I think that's what's missed it, been missing from the Broncos. Players are worried about what other players are doing and everything. And Sean Payton's going to bring that mentality back. Hey, 11 players out there on offense, 11 players out there on defense. Guess what? If you're one of those 11, you focus on what you need to do in the scheme. And if you won't do it, I will put someone else in there that will do it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what name you are. I don't care if you're a big name. I will replace you with someone that will do it. And I'm excited about that coming back to the Broncos because I really thought you could just kind of feel post-game comments and stuff like that, excuses, finger-pointing. Now, I think the team stayed together pretty decently, but you just never got that mentality the last few years with Vic Fangio or with Nathaniel Hackett that players were just focused on, guess what? If every person out of those 11 players on offense and defense, and obviously we should include special teams as well, as long as you do your job, it's going to turn out okay because you're going to stick to the scheme. You're going to stick to the identity we're trying to build. And, and that that has been completely gone for the last few years. And I think he's going to bring that back. And regardless if he if he can catch lightning in the bottle again and, and get the Broncos back to a Super Bowl like he was able to rebuild the Saints, that remains to be seen he would be one of the first coaches that were able to do it with two franchises. But I at least think in terms of the accountability that we really need to have in Broncos country again, I think he's going to bring that back. Yes. That's the hope, isn't it? Right there. seems like the players haven't really trusted each other for the last few years. Yeah. And, and yes, you're right. He, he will tell them to do their job. That way they can start to trust each other, build up that team chemistry. He's already telling Wilson, hey, you can't have your personal coaches in this. So he's showing so far, at least the headlines will have us believe, that he's showing that he's going to rein everybody in. Say, hey, you might be getting paid $250 million, but you're not any better and any more important than any of the rest of these guys. Which may or may not be true, right? Our quarterback Mm -hmm. is, is usually our most valuable piece for the most part. But it's nice and refreshing to have somebody come in and say, you're not a rock star. You're not this. You're not that. You're a football player, and you need to learn how to play football again. Yeah, I'm really kind of digging the things that I've seen him say about Russell Wilson into Russell Wilson. And and also the fact that uh, both of them were man enough to go ahead and meet right away, go out to dinner, you know, kind of hash it out. I think that's putting us on the right step for mm-hmm. this offseason. I'd agree with you. And I think one of the best things Sean Payton did is he said, yeah, no, Russell's people are not going to be allowed in the building. It's our coaches, our players, our trainers. And I think that needed to be done. Now, now obviously, there's been situations. Tom Brady, when he left New England, went to Tampa. He had his people that were allowed to come in here and there in Tampa. It, it worked out when they won that first Super Bowl. I, I, I don't think it worked out obviously long term you know they hit made that super bowl and then it kind of declined after that but i think that was great sean payton came in and said no you know i I think i think in a way he was able to say to russell wilson i mean we'll never know you had your one year with your people coming in the building and your big promises coming from seattle and it didn't pan out so now your people need to be out of this building and we have and it's time to do it my way and i think if the conversation went down like that and, and Peyton showed him who's boss moving forward. I think that's just fine. I haven't given up on Russell Wilson. I think we saw flashes like we talked about at the end of last year. He is still there, but I'm glad Sean Payton came in and basically said, no, you need to slim up. We need to get some of the speed back. Your people need to be out of this building. You can train with them all you want outside of here, but here it's about the staff that we bring in. And, and I'm, I'm excited that he's already laying the groundwork of the proper pecking order. And I, and I think we're going to notice a difference next year, just from that standpoint, I think we're going to see the Broncos players play in the preseason this next year. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big help as well. I'm sure he's already pitching that to, Hey, look what happened this last year. We didn't put in that extra time and, and it basically blew up in your face. Uh, maybe he didn't quite put it like that, but I mean, that's kind of how it felt. Yep. Accountability and discipline it seems like that's going to be coming back to Broncos country. Yeah. And I think next year, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of close this out. We'll kind of give them predictions. I, 
I'm not going to go where I went this last year when Russell Wilson <laughs> came in and said, hey, it's it's possible Super Bowl deep into the playoffs. But I think with Sean Payton coming in, I see us getting into a wild card spot next year. Um, we're obviously going to have to see what happens with free agency and the draft. Um, I've told you I, I don't I don't buy into Justin Herbert like so many people do uh, on the Chargers in our division. I, I think he I think he plays well. He plays well within a system. But I don't think he's the best when things break down. Now, he's made some great plays, but the Broncos have kind of had his number when we have not been that great the last few years. And we have somehow still found a way to get his number here and there. And I think Sean Payton's going to be able to build off of that. The Raiders, (laughs) I'm having so much fun watching Carr just take it to the Raiders (laughs) right now in terms of wherever he's going to go. Like, I'm not helping you with compensation. I'm not helping. No, you've decided you don't want me. And I think it's hilarious to watch Josh McDaniels do the same thing with Carr. And I think there's a little ownership influence there. But same thing with Carr he did with Cutler in Denver when he brought in Kyle Orton. It feels like the same situation all over again. Uh, yes, so, it does. Yeah, I want uh, I want Carr to come over here as a backup. I think that would be amazing. There, <laughs> you know what? And it's funny about that. I wouldn't mind having Carr as a Bronco. I ever had a problem with Carr. I just I couldn't stand that he wore the silver and black. And I think what's interesting though is because of what's going on, unless unless McDaniel's finds his guy. I don't think the Raiders are going to be much to worry about next year unless it's Aaron Rodgers that comes in. But even Aaron Rodgers this last year was not Aaron Rodgers of, of old. So I, I, it doesn't worry them, me that much. So I really look at it as it's Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes this, this next season. It's the Broncos and the Chiefs are going to be the two teams to deal with. I, I don't I don't really factor in the Chargers like a lot of people do. And, I, and really with what's going on with the Raiders, uh, you also hear with ownership, they're, they're cash-strapped. I don't think we're going to have a lot to worry about with them. Yep. I'm, I'm still thinking 10 wins. Yeah. 10 wins is a nice, easy number that they should be able to hit. And, uh, you know, wild card at the very least. And, and hopefully we're competing with the Buffalo Bills and, and the Chiefs and whoever else. Mm-hmm. And I want the fun to come back. We were at the season finale. We, got, we were lucky enough that we got to go and watch the Broncos beat the Chargers. And it was fun walking out there after the game, going down the ramps, yelling, go Broncos. And, and you could feel the energy was kind of back. So to hopefully continue that momentum and just just be ha- just have fun again in Broncos yeah. country. Just have fun again. Even, even some of our years where we were subpar 500, some of those years were still fun seasons. And just get back to that fun. That's right. Get Derek Carr or Sid from Toy Story. You know, have him come <laughs> in and be the backup. <laughs> Maybe get Chad Kelly back and they can go drinking together or whatever. And yeah, just have a little bit of fun, play some football, kick some butt. Yeah. Well, and it'll be interesting. Cause like I mentioned, Sean Payton might bring in some Saints. Uh, you know, there's been rumors that he might try to get Taysom Hill up here as, as like a utility player that can also be a backup quarterback. It'll be interesting what, what he ends up bringing in. It's season. Uh, I look forward to see what he he does. And, and it's that old saying, if you're a football fan, there's not really an off season because there's always something going on. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I tell my wife that I'll be like, okay, yeah, you know, it's the off season. <laughs> <laughs> give, give a little break until the USFL comes on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a break as far as you're aware. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, so, but it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. And do you have any other comments, Adam, to close this out? No, sir. I look forward to the off season. And then I look forward to kicking us off again at the beginning of next year. You know, and I'll close it out saying this, regardless how the Broncos do, we, we have some fun every year and, and we have fun doing this. And, and that's part of it too, is, is the friends and the, and the family. You get to have fun watching the Broncos and enjoying the season. And I, and I look forward to us having some, some, better times and a few more victories this coming year that's for sure you know it it's gonna happen and hey nothing beats the hype of a new season this is true everybody is on an equal playing field when this when the, when they reset the league year to the following year everyone is on the same same level playing field guess what no one's lost a game yet that's right and some of those surprises happen i just exactly. hope it's for us yes 
Exactly. <laughs> well, this is our season review, reviewing that 2022-23 season. And I'm sure we will be talking to all Broncos country again soon. But until next time, Adam with Cromwell Sports. Say bye, Adam. Hey, y'all have a good off season and can't wait to get going again. And this, of course, is the Rye Man. And this was the Broncos Country Blitz. And remember to find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Broncos Country. And on Twitter at DDCR underscore BCB.